Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us?
Could you please pray with us? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for another wonderful day to come here and worship you together. We pray today that as we listen to the message, you would open our hearts and open our minds so that we can focus on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please greet one another. In your distinguished career, entire adult life, <laughs> will anything, that's got to be top ten, to have to take away that and deliver anyway. Go ahead and, go ahead and be ready. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you've joined us in worship. Uh, this is such a special day. This is Palm Sunday, as you saw the, uh, myself and the kids going around. This is the day that Jesus entered Jerusalem. Now, it may be confusing given the last um, six weeks. We have read texts of the last 24 hours of this week. For six weeks, we're backing up to today, which is Palm Sunday. 
And the reason we read all season of Lent is so you would understand the gravity of this week, the significance of Jesus being willing to walk into Jerusalem. Uh, we'll discuss that um, and see the important elements today. We like to frame our announcements in the five practices of fruitful congregations. We do our very best uh, to live these out. If you'll get your bulletin for me and turn to the uh, inside panel. Inside that panel, you will see registrations. Anytime we have one, you'll see uh, an ability to register inside this panel. There's two important things. There's um, the prayer list, which we did last week. Y'all did a great job of filling that out. And there's the meal that's the next one coming up. Um, in this service, if you'll leave them in the baskets in the very back. We have restrooms here and we have snacks there. We hope you found them. We have a security check-in station if you need it. Uh, we have all kinds of crazy seating in this space, which I love. And uh, y'all feel welcome to sit anywhere that you need. Um, we believe in passionate worship. And uh, Aaron is going to lead us off with um, some logistics for today. Good morning. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and I want to say great job to the kids you just saw processing and singing. I appreciate you guys working so hard, and your reward waits for you in Sunday school elementary kids. We're going to have movie day, um, watch a special movie that will help us understand the um, true story of Easter and eat popcorn. Um, but preschoolers, if you want to participate in the 11 o'clock um, service today. Um, parents, please walk your children over. We're going to meet about 10.50 in the narthex um, to do this all over again um, to process. And then elementary, we will sing again as well. Um, the elementary children will be walked over by me. Um, if they are not participating, um, parents, please pick them up in Sunday school about 10.45 um, because the rest of us are going to walk on over to the narthex. You can also pick them up over there if you prefer at um, the 10.50 time. Thank you so much, and again, I'm really proud of you kids. We have a memorial service for Miss Tina Kinnett today. Um, we were not able to get that in the bulletin for this week. The visitation will be at 1.30 in the um, social hall till 2.45. If you'll please show up early to allow the family a chance to um, gather themselves before the service. And if you don't see them in the social hall, it's because we're in the sanctuary. We're in one of two places. One, and the service is at 3 p.m. in the sanctuary. Uh, we have a picture for our next announcement, which is flowers. Um, next, we've had a cross in the 11 a.m. worship service where you can come and place flowers in it before the worship service begins. We're going to have one in the 9 o'clock service this year. Um, so next week, if you'll come a little early um, and bring any flowers that you like, and we will place them in the cross, the significance being um, it was used as an instrument of death on the day of Easter, we celebrate its amazing life. Um, the chancel project is complete in the sanctuary. Y'all have heard a lot about it. Some of you cross over and go to that service. You may not know much about it, but um, if we landed an enormous carrier plane never designed to land on an aircraft carrier, on an aircraft carrier, in the wind, with a really short porch, it'd be less impressive than what happened for that to happen before Palm Sunday and the weddings that we have. We want to um, say a very special thank you to Roy and Charlene Sheely and Charlene's sister Harriet Thompson uh, for their generous donations in making the changes to the choir and the relocation of the organ. Y'all should go over there and see. It looks like it's been there the entire time. And um, that's going to be a special day. The choir goes back up in the chancel um, today. So that's um, plenty of announcements for you. Please pay attention to the bulletin. Fill it out if you um, need to fill it out to let us know anything. Let's pray together.
Gracious God, you have brought us to this place. You've encouraged us to get dressed, to all somehow get in the car, to all somehow get here, to get to our places. Everything that it took, Lord, to get here, we want to express our gratitude for one another and for you. Help us now, Lord, to settle down, to settle in, to make our hearts and minds ready to hear your message. Help us, Lord, as we see this parade today, as we read it, as we describe it, help us, Lord, to live it so that we understand the significance of Jesus walking into Jerusalem and the way in which he did. Inspire us, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We have a um, couple opening images today. But the big word, if you're um, filling out notes in the bulletin, is parade. I mean, who doesn't love a parade, right? I've been in New Orleans, I've been in Greenville, I've been in Atlanta, I've been in Rock Hill, I've been in Charleston. I've been a participant in the parade. I've been a parent taking a child to the parade. I've been the one excited about a parade. Let's look at three very different ones. This is Disney World, a nighttime parade, and what is it designed to do? It's designed to get your heart to swell up big. It's designed to get the children losing their minds at the end of the day and get them more excited than they ever were all day long right before we go to bed. Great. Let's get some cotton candy. Let's watch a parade. Uh, we're going to go on four hours sleep today, but um, I've actually welled up at a Disney parade um, because of how um, powerful it was, how beautiful it was, and what it meant to uh, the children. You know, the children. It's all about the children. Let's look at the next one. Championship parade. When a team wins a championship in a town, especially when that team has not won a championship in a long, long time, since maybe 1908, let's just say that, 1908. Uh, the team wins a championship, people lose their mind. What's the point of the parade? To let go of every emotion that you felt, the incredible, incredible devastation of losses, the incredible celebration of having gotten um, this victory, the connection of people, some of which were at the game, many of which could not be there. They now were here when it happened, and the players who come through town, they get to see them right in front of them. Uh, grown men weeping. Championship parade. Let's look at the next one. Very different. Very different. Um, when a nation has a military parade, and um, I grew up watching the History Channel. My dad loves the History Channel. He really only needs a couple channels on his TV, one of which is history. Probably had a lot to do with me being a history major in college. Um, you can find all kinds of footage of military parades, and they've got a very simple design. Do not mess with us. Don't do it. Because we have everything that we need. It's also letting your nation know who's in charge 
of that nation and what they could do. Very, very different parades today, and every single one has a specific purpose and details that are significant if they've done it the right way. Let's read our text. Um, Mark chapter 1, starting with verse 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came from Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing, untying the colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. So your first phrase, leaving Galilee and Bethany. This is significant. What place really restores you? What place reminds you of some of the greatest times you've ever had in your professional life, personal life? What does it mean to you to go back to that place? What does it mean to you to have to leave that place? Some of you may be fortunate enough to live in that place, but if you do, the misfortune in that is you're not aware of it all the time doesn't have that same power as someone traveling six hours to see it. But to leave Galilee is a really significant thing. An estimated 85% of Jesus' ministry happened in Galilee. How many of you have been to Lake Junaluska? How many of you have been to, uh, um, I figure, Lake Jocassi? Um, how many of you have been to any lake that's surrounded by wonderful mountains? You just look and you go, I mean, what else is there? What else is there? There's no jellyfish here. No jellyfish is going to sting me here. I can do whatever I want. I can jump out of the boat a hundred times. This is beautiful. Snow comes. Amazing. When you see the Sea of Galilee online, if you Googled it, it has very similar qualities to your favorite lake. Biggest difference is as you look around the shore, you can see different parts where 85% of Jesus' ministry happened. This is where these disciples were called. This is where the storm happened. This is that, where that insane story where there was a guy with demons and they sent him into a pig and the pig jumped off in the water. Yeah, that was here too. It's insane. All of it happened here. And there's a little bit of um, conflict. There's a little bit of pushback in Galilee, but nothing like Jerusalem. Nothing they couldn't handle and have a beautiful ministry for the next 40 years years but they left they're leaving Bethany which isn't far at all it's closer than um, uh, any one of the towns surrounding us and in Bethany there's all kinds of amazing emotion there was a healing of Lazarus who had died there was deep connection to the people and that is also a mostly a friendly place to Jesus he could stay there he could go back and forth from Galilee to Bethany and back and back and back and have a satellite campus there and have a wonderful ministry and do great things and draw many people closer to God. Would people in Greer in 2018 
be closer to God if he had stayed in Galilee and Bethany? I'm not certain. What he felt he had to do was go in and challenge the things that were impeding everything that God wanted regardless of the circumstances. See, if you wanted to go to Jerusalem, you wanted to go in the temple, you wanted to have your sins forgiven, you wanted to participate in an amazing worship service, one, you had to be a certain kind of person. One, you had to be a certain kind of nationality. One, it had to be a certain time. And another thing, you had to have a certain kind of money. And if you didn't have it, you had to pay for it. And if you didn't have enough money to pay for it, well, sorry, I can't do it. Oh, yeah, and only a select group of people are allowed in here. So if you get a, um, you know, Atlanta's got 12 lanes of interstate. If you cut them down to one, and everybody's got to use that one, it wouldn't be close to the amount of people in that region who needed God, who needed forgiveness, that had to go down to that one tiny lane for forgiveness at the temple because they designed it that way, because it was very profitable. And they had complete control over who was forgiven. Jesus had to go to Jerusalem, which meant he had to leave Galilee and Bethany. Your next phrase. This is no longer a secret. That's a big deal. Each author of each gospel was a different person who gathered the stories in different ways. The seminary that I attended suggested that Mark was the first one to do it. And Matthew and Luke built off of that manuscript and expounded on it. Mark emphasized for whatever reason the fact that it's supposed to be a secret who Jesus was all the way up to here. Jesus would heal people, people who had had intense pain, tragedy, whatever. He healed them, and he said, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. And, you know, we've, I talked just last week about how I might put on social media, mixed in a salad today, had fried chicken on it. But there was a salad. There was a salad. We want credit immediately. He did something more than we would ever do in our lives. One time, us, he did 20 times. And each time he did it, in Mark's gospel, he said, don't tell anybody. Now, when you're told to don't tell anybody, how do y'all do with that? 50-50? Could you get to 50-50 when someone says don't tell anybody, where you hold on to it and go, yep, gotcha. Definitely won't tell anybody. Anybody want to hear this? Don't tell anybody. This is no longer a secret. And this is on purpose. We're going to the biggest town. We're going in front of the most hostile players. We're declaring who we are to anyone who knows scripture. Because that cult is tied back to a prophet who anyone who ever read their scriptures would understand, wait a minute, he's coming in the way they said it would happen. Some people would go, he's doing what? Some people would go, you see what he's doing? And some people would go, do you see what he's doing? Those are your three reactions. It is no longer a secret. Verse 7. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks along the road. 
while others spread branches they'd cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That is real. That is the fulfillment of prophecy. That is no longer a secret. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Now, there's some trigger words there for anyone who's paying attention from any level. Kingdom. Who's in charge at the moment? The Roman government. What kind of power have they given the people in the local area? A little bit of power. Look, hey, you can act like you're powerful as long as we tell you what to do and you do it as fast as humanly possible. His kingdom is one trigger word in our father David. Hero. Absolute amazing hero. Broken man. Lots of mistakes. But you're talking about a man who was a victorious conqueror who took whatever he wanted. Guess what the people want when they say that? Another one. Another person who will take what he wants and then we get to have it. Look at those words. That would trigger anyone. So your next phrase. The two parades come from two different directions. One of them is not in our text. One of them is Pontius Pilate rolling into town. Told you, uh, I, think it was, I think it was three weeks ago we were talking about this, two weeks ago. His favorite place was out on the coast, Caesarea Maritima. That's where their hub was. And here comes Passover. These people celebrate this dumb holiday where they act like they're free. We have got to go to Jerusalem because all these people who are celebrating freedom are all gathered in the exact same spot. They may get ideas again and rebel against us. We've all got to go to Jerusalem. Well, what do you want to bet? Pontius Pilate rolls into Jerusalem with a lot of stuff. How many bags do you travel with? How, what are they like? What are your bags like? What kind of car do you want to be in? What kind of train do you want to be on? What kind of seat do you want to have on the airplane? Hmm? Let's look at the next picture. That's pretty stout right there. I mean, if you're not, <laughs> if you can have a car or a plane, that's a pretty solid way to travel. That is, um, looks like three horsepower, um, but it's very significant horses. And um, I think he's pretty laid back. I'm not a super fan that those guys have to carry that bowl um, walking alongside him. And I have to be honest. This is just to give you a sense of it. This is more a tribute parade as they go back to Rome bringing all their toys, all their slaves, everybody they collected, the last nation they conquered. This is the way they like to roll into town. Imagine if you saw that coming into Jerusalem. Would you want to stand up to it? Would you want to fight it? Would you just get out of the way and hope that they don't hurt you? Would you move all your stuff? You're a businessman. you are uh, um, uh, got a little market on the side of the road. Would you, would you just get all your stuff and go, Mm-mm, I am out of here. Let's look at the next one. That's the way Jesus comes into town. On a tiny, tiny animal with people a little bit from the city and a little bit from the country. And the big thing they have is the palm fronds that they've got just outside of town. See, I've served 
more churches outside of town than in town now. And especially as the years stack up here, more years outside of town than in a big town. And man, the generosity of the people in each of those churches, just unbelievable. Uh, My second week, I was 22 in Seneca, um, you know, 50 minutes from here. And um, people came up to me after after sermon. Who knows what on earth I said? I was clueless before I even went to seminary. You're like, yeah, nothing like this amazing message here, right? <laughs> right. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. Uh, they said, "You want pounding?" I said, "What? <laughs> Do I want what?" One pound of everything you could ever need in your kitchen. They were bringing it. Do I cook? No, no, but I accepted it because, my mercy, they were being so generous with what they had. And then every once in a while, my mom would come and check on me, and she'd look and see what was in the refrigerator and what was in the pantry. The generosity of people surrounding faith communities, and what they do for one another in good times and in bad is one of the major reasons we are in faith communities, right? These people have that sort of feel. Go back one. These people do not. Okay? These people take what they want and they want the absolute best. These people share what they have and they do what they do with one another in total generosity. Two very different parades. Go back one more time. Fear. That's what we want. Raw fear that we are coming into town. Let's look at the next one. Prophecy. This is the way. Our Messiah is to come into town. Anyone, any authority who knows Scripture at that time, Scripture that we don't often read because we focus more on Jesus' life, would have seen this is what those prophets were talking about. Let's look at the last um, part. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So lots of fanfare coming in, but we're not going to do much tonight. What I like to think about is what was late to them? Because we all have a different answer. And as we grow older, we all have a different answer, right? It's like, well, it's 6 o'clock, you know. Probably want to call it a day. Not sure. Or if it's 9 o'clock, or if it's 10 o'clock. Or if the example that he wanted to make in the temple, he wanted the most people there. The most people possible. So let's go back to town. So this is your last question. Which parade would capture me? I'll be honest now. And I have to be honest too. If we, if we say, well, I mean Jesus. We say that here. But we love power and authority. We love motivating anyone else by fear. We love being the one in charge, and we do not like being at risk. It would be a very tough decision in that moment. If we're here in this space, 
more than 2,000 years later, knowing who Jesus is, we say, yeah, Jesus. If we're there in that space, wondering who Jesus is, that would be incredibly significant. Significant. So the question we've got to ask ourselves as we go through this Holy Week is, are we willing to follow a man who had everything, everything, and gave it up to travel to Jerusalem? Are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to be vulnerable? Are we willing to be redefined and begin to treasure the second image of a parade rather than the first? That's the question we'll be asking this week. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll please stand and join me in our modern affirmation. These are words that we say in this service that help affirm our faith. You're welcome to participate with us. You're welcome to listen. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. You can give, uh, as the plate goes by, you can certainly hand the plate to the next person. You can give electronically with instructions in the bulletin. We're given to the United Methodist Committee on Relief through the end of this month today. And also, you see those boxes over there? That is the remnants of the book fair. We can buy books online. You just ask Leslie how to do it, and it will support our child enrichment program, uh, for which we are very grateful.
you please stand and sing this last one with us? to pick you up once. We're grateful for y'all. Monday, Thursday, Holy Thursday service is this Thursday. It's significant. It's powerful. If you can make it, please come. 
follow us on our website. Look at your bulletin. Pay attention because it's a significant week. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin I left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow.